Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Chillac Alliance Church podcast. I'm Joe Pohl, the host um, of this portion of the podcast. And today we have a very special guest, Debbie, the face of the church. Yeah. <laughs> the one who, when you walk in here, which you all should come by and say hi, you will see her first, the front desk, the administrator, the one who knows all. Really, yeah, kind of, that's right. they used to be called like, I heard not one term for this position was the church mouse. Like the one who kind of, you know, gets to hear what's going on. Oh, I'm glad we don't call it that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you like, do you like working here? You know, <laughs> well, I do. I yeah. do like working here. Um, it's funny. I guess you have to say that. It's well, Beth and I were watching an, uh, the first episode of The Office a few days ago. Mm. <laughs> Are you Pam? Well, that, and she says in that first episode, like, what little girl dreams about growing up to become <laughs> a receptionist. <laughs> and that just made me laugh. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I hadn't worked. I hadn't worked any kind of a job in the public sector, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Since 1994. So. You're very good at it, it's though. Been 24 years. How do you think mm -hmm. those administrative, organizational interpersonal skills have developed to make you good at your job then? Well, that probably has its um, its basis in the fact that, like, I ran a household right. for, you know, many, many years when Errol was really, really sick. Yeah. You know, I was kind of You had, you were forced to be structured. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you probably naturally have always been pretty good with just like um, administrative tasks, like bills and just like normal, like some guy, some people are better at that than others-ish. I don't know. I don't know either. At least not to the point where it's noticeably bad. But it, it's a whole story. Like it's a whole God thing. Is it? How I got this job in particular. We can go into that maybe later if we want to talk about if we want to talk chronologically. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I don't want to miss it. So why don't we mess with the listeners and start there? <laughs> Work backwards. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous that if we go all the way back to yeah. little Debbie, uh -huh. that we just, you know, we might miss it. Well, so I was at a time in my life where things were, were pretty bad. And we can go into details later. <laughs> and I was on my knees asking the Lord what direction he wanted me to go mm -hmm. and uh, really the big question was should I move back home to Chilliwack or should I stay where I am which at that time I was in Washington State and I got I got wind of the, this position being available um, and it was offered to me after some time and a couple of interviews mm. And I, that was my answer from the Lord that he wanted me to come back to Chilliwack because he was opening the doors wide. Um, so that, yeah, it was a real answer to prayer and it was kind of my um, parting the Red Sea moment. Would you say your relationship with the Lord, that's a common occurrence, prayer followed by open doors? Prayer, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, obviously. I just kind of mean like is that yeah is that can you think of multiple scenarios where a time of intense prayer followed by clear um, opportunity 
Uh, there's a few of those. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's we can get into that in a little bit more detail, but it's probably prudent just to create a foundation here and go back to, you know, little Debbie. <laughs> What's your full name? My full name is Deborah Lee. Deborah Lee. Yeah. W- one name. No. Deborah Lee. No, Lee is the middle name. That's correct. Yes. And your last name is my maiden name, or Ma- you want yeah. my name now? What's your maiden name? It's Anhorn. Anhorn. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, you know May Anhorn. Do you know May? Yeah, your mom. She's my mom. Yeah. Yes, I, I know. <laughs> this checks out. Yeah. Everybody. Uh huh. We you can fact check that and uh, <laughs> find it to be true. Uh, <laughs> Anhorn. What is? What's the origins it's of that? German. German. Yeah. Pure. That's all I know. That's all you know. Yeah. How my did, family it was not very good at, um, you know, like ancestral details. Yeah. So a lot of that is just lost to time. Do you know how they came over? Not really, no. Just part of the Mennonite group? You're the... asking me questions. I don't know. I don't have That's okay. To. Have yeah. you ever been curious to know? Yes, I've been curious and I have asked. And I've been like, we don't know. Have you ever thought about doing one of those ancestry? Send them your DNA. No. You would love that. No. And then they have that forever. There's always this weird asterisk in their contracts. We can keep your DNA for forever. Forever. <laughs> no, okay. I have no interest in that. No. Really? No. no. I I feel like most people do. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you don't? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because I suppose I'm more interested in the present. Okay. You know, and... And that's healthy. I know a, a little <laughs> bit. About, I know more about my mom's side of the family than I do about oh, my dad's okay. side of the family. So Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were from uh, England and... Um, What's your mom's maiden name? Bartram. Bartram. B-A-R-T-R-A-M. Wow. Yeah. And where did you... Her mom was born in... Um, PEI, I think. Prince Edward Island. Yeah, like in 1919. Wow. So. In 1919, mm-hmm. PEI. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where did you grow up? Well, my parents are actually missionaries. What? In yeah, see, stuff you didn't know about. Well, that's, that's why the we're point doing of this. this. <laughs> that's why we're doing this. Um, my dad had been a missionary in Georgia in the states. Okay. Because they need Jesus. Yeah. Well, they do. That's I right. say that somewhat facetiously. I've never heard of missionaries. To the states, you haven't. I suppose I have, Mm -hmm. but is it? He was an English speaking, like his. Yeah, he he went down there actually to help write um, Bible lessons. Okay. So if you've ever heard of the Mailbox Club, my dad was a big part of that in the seventies. Wow. Yeah, so he was down there. He worked down there for I don't know two or three years. Came back. My parents were Canadian, obviously, um, from Surrey. And he came back on a break and met my mom. And then they got married like 10 months later. And then she moved down there with him. <laughs> she was like 19 years old. Okay, why was your dad here on a break? I'm, I got lost. His family there. was here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. His, his family and my mom's family are both from Surrey. Yeah. In the met your mom. Western. Yeah. And then. They moved back to Georgia. That's correct. And they were missionaries in Georgia. Writing Bible lessons. 
for little kids. For kids. And the kids would sign up on these programs and they would mail out Bible lessons. That's exactly right. How many kids were on this program? Oh, I, I don't know. Thousands, though. Hundreds? Well, thousands. Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was um, back then. Um, Is it still around like now? At the beginning. I'm not sure. I don't. I haven't. Do people track. use mail anymore? I remember you were making fun of me because I didn't understand <laughs> how to use a stamp. Oh, because you didn't know how much of a stamp you'd need? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That well, was lots very of people nice. are in that boat. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. But turns out you said just one for a normal. Just one for a normal envelope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, my dad wrote Bible lessons. Cool. Directed for kids, though. Yes, directed yeah. to kids. They would mail them out. The kids would fill out in the answers and mail them back. And so that went on for a long time. Uh, my sister and I were both born in Georgia, so we're both dual citizens. Still um, to this day. Yeah, still to this day. Anyway, when I was five, um, my dad uh, received an invitation to become the executive director of uh, the Western Tract Mission in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So when I was five and my sister was six, we moved <laughs> from Georgia to Saskatchewan. These people found your dad or your dad found them? Like, I think it was probably my dad found them. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. But, long, he, long but he had ago. a name out there as, what's his name? His name is Mel. Mel. Or Melvin. Melvin. Anhorn. Anhorn. <laughs> the writer of Bible lessons. That's right. Yeah, and the executive director for the Western Track Mission in Saskatoon. West. And what did the Western Track Mission do? They developed and printed tracks. So evangelical tracks. So he fit. It worked. Yeah. yeah. Wow. In you know, many many different languages and. Wow. Sent all over the world. So you, your family, you grew up with that heart towards telling people about Jesus. Yes. Yeah. That was central. What was that like as like a kid? Were you tr- like, did your dad like sit you down and kind of train you how to talk to strangers? No. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. No. Always missionary kids can no. be kind of weird. No, well, in a good way. Maybe that explains it. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you went to school in Georgia uh, or homeschool? Uh, kindergarten. Oh, okay. Like we left there when I was five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and my first winter in Saskatoon <laughs> was a bad one because no one told me that I shouldn't stick my tongue on a frozen metal. No, pole. and you mm-hmm. did that. Mm-hmm. You got stuck. Mm-hmm. And how did I they? I got very stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to bring hot water out. Oh my goodness! Yes, that's quite the memory. Yeah. And you were crying. Yeah. Because you were five. Yeah. Yeah. Deborah Lee, what time. did you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 uh. There I am in my southern accent, as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no one told me I shouldn't do this. What I just wanted dr- to lick the what? ice. Oh, is it? That's what drew you to that? Mm-hmm. You were like, hmm, cold. Yeah, I've always had a thing for ice. So, you know, I yeah. just, that's where it started. <laughs> Man, that's so classic that it's laughable. It is. It's quite funny. <clears throat> but I was like swollen and just awful for days afterwards. So sour taste in your mouth about Saskatchewan, literally. And who has a positive taste in their mouth about Saskatchewan? (laughs) I think some of our listeners probably do. (laughs) 
I've heard there's some beauty to it. There, there absolutely is beauty in the prairies. Absolutely. What do you remember about Georgia, though? A uh, very little. Yeah. Um, I remember the place that we lived was really close to an old cotton plantation. Wow. Like, and like yeah, huge yeah. house and pillars and um, big fields. <clears throat> I don't have a lot of clear memories of Georgia. Hmm. Yeah. And but sometimes you know how you see a photo and then you're not sure if that's something you actually remember or yeah. if, if it's the picture. Totally. Remembering. So. Um, yeah. But you have m- much clearer memories of Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some positive memories? How, how long were you in Saskatchewan um, for? So from the age of five to like the age of 17. Okay, so yeah. formative years, yeah. all Saskatchewan. So all my, yeah, all my schooling. Elementary. And where specifically? Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Yeah. That's the place. <laughs> if you want to be in Saskatchewan, Saskatoon is the place. <laughs> is it? I guess. <laughs> it is. How many people are in Saskatoon? Oh, or how I many have people no were idea. in there now? Were in there then? I would be guessing. Oh. But you, it was like a, it's a normal town. Like maybe one hundred and thirty thousand. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But you had your schools. You had your restaurants. Mm-hmm. You had, and you went to public school. Mm-hmm. And like, hung out at the diners. What? What do you? What does a kid do in Saskatchewan? Well, there's a lot of hockey and ice oh. skating going on. Did you play I hockey? Didn't play the hockey, but I did do the ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a lot of backyard rinks right like yeah fill it up with water and freezes and you can skate back there it's pretty cool good memories yeah of that but like cold cold like, so cold like sipping hot chocolate out in the snow yes. huge stars yeah and just out in the dark out in the dark so you're asking me questions about things i haven't thought about for so long well that's always fun i can see you really thinking about it <laughs> okay what was what was your house like in Saskatchewan? It was chocolate brown. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, a BC box, except right. it was a Saskatchewan box. <clears throat> I'm not trying to date you here in th- these house stories, mm-hmm. but I've always been fascinated by some of the stories I've heard of people growing up in Saskatchewan where they had to like open their stove mm-hmm. to like huddle around it during the dead of winter. Well, our furnace was going our we actually built that house yeah it was built brand new so it wasn't old but yeah um, my furnace would, was going constantly basically this did happen in the winter and you would have to well we didn't i don't remember doing the stove thing okay but i mean the furnace never turned off it was always going so you know. cold seems to be like one of the number one memories oh for sure freezing cold yeah and yeah i mean the living room window would just like have like this big sheet of ice. <laughs> wow. People compare the cold here and they use the term wet cold versus yeah. dry cold yeah. and wet cold's actually colder. Mm-hmm. But people who are actually from Saskatchewan typically say, no, yeah. you don't understand. Is that legit? It is totally different. I mean, because you also have the sunshine, right? Yeah. And it's, yeah. Um, it's a whole different feeling. Because yeah, it is, it's totally legit, I would say. It, so it yeah. is colder there. Like, what would you say? Temperature-wise, it's colder, but maybe it doesn't feel quite so cold because it's dry. Interesting. Because the wet kind of goes through you more. Mm-hmm. Right? And th- but the summers were filled with 
like a lot of swimming at the outdoor pool. Nice. Because mm-hmm. my sister and I are um, 14 months apart. Yeah. Right? So we're pretty close in age and did Be- Best together. friends growing up? No, no. I wouldn't say best friends. Yeah. More like... <laughs> did you guys fight? Enemies. Really? <laughs> Sometimes. So we did a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Yeah, we fought. We fought. <laughs> a lot, actually. But. Aw. Yeah, because I mean, well, my common. parents were both working. Yeah full-time right so in the summer my sister and i would be at home a lot together we're just the two of us um this term has come up a few times on this podcast the latchkey kids like Mm -hmm. kids who would you know be home before their parents after school yeah was that pretty common totally yeah so you had to make yourself dinner um no 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 my mom was always very good about that yeah yeah but she'd often call and be like, can you take out chicken breast from the freezer and blah, 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 or take out some call the landline. beef or something. Yes. The land- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I remember very clearly the, the Christmas my mom got her first microwave. It was like a big deal. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I remember when... Were people suspicious about microwaves? Just, I'm wondering. I don't know, maybe. They must have been kind of strange. What's heating this thing? Yeah. Microwaves. Well, like a lot of That's new things, it takes sometimes yeah. a while, right, for people to accept it as okay and safe. I'm still suspicious of microwaves. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You probably should, like, you yeah, know, they're probably stay not at least that. five feet away from them <laughs> when they're actually working. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I remember when, like, we, we'd want to rent a movie or something, and you go to the... Blockbuster. The blockbuster, and you actually have to rent the VCR, too. Yeah. No. Yes. Not just the movie. You have to rent the VCR. But you had a TV. Oh, yeah. You have a TV, but you could rent the VCR in this big, like, steel suitcase thing. And that's a big deal. Movie night. Mm -hmm. What's one of the earliest movies you remember watching? (sighs) You know, I wondered if movies would come up in this. This is funny. (laughs) I have a favorite movie. Okay. That came out, I think, in 84. It was like a made-for-TV movie. It's like the best movie ever. What is it? And it's based on a book by Baroness Orksy, I think is how you say her name. Okay. It's the Scarlet Pimpernel. The Scarlet Pimpernel. It's about this um, Englishman who's of noble class. It's during the French Revolution. Yeah. And he acts like a total idiot so that when he's in France, no one suspects that he's the guy that's saving... French, uh, you know. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> French noble noblemen and noble okay. women, okay. aristocracy from from the guillotine. Wow. So, so yeah. he played the fool. He plays the fool, so no one suspects him. Yeah. Um, then he saves all these people from prison and from being killed, and it's just it's the best movie. Scarlet. The Scarlet Pimpernel. It's based on a book. Um, and there have been many adaptations of this, of this really made into movies. So you got to get the right the eighty four. Yeah, with um, Jane Seymour. If anyone <laughs> wants to know, and Anthony Andrews. Yeah. How old were you in eighty four? I was twelve. We don't have to do all the maths here. I was and twelve. <laughs> okay, so you were. I mean, the movie. The whole world was changing quite drastically. Mm-hmm. Eighty always. That seems to be like a thing you could say about any time. What were some yeah. of the bigger changes though that it, that happened for you in your 
teenage years, like earlier well, on. Well, I mean, I remember seeing like cell phones, right? And they were like the size of bricks <laughs> with these great big long antennas, right? Yeah, yeah. And you'd see like only rich people yeah. using them. Um, the, you know, VCRs became commonplace, although they were really expensive. They, like everything, it starts really expensive yeah. and then it gets like cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. So eventually you got to afford one. Was that an exciting Christmas when you got it? Or Yeah, I think so. I think it actually was a Christmas thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, what else? Like the Apple computers were oh, becoming, yeah. like I remember in grade That's 8. That's 90s though. No, When I was in grade 8, 80s. we were using Macintosh, okay. yeah. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So just so many technological things. Like Communism <laughs> fell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if you want to go on that scope. I was going to say um, phones, like cordless phones, became a thing. Right. Because prior to that, right, you had the cord. On yeah. The, and those were far. those giant bricks. No, Oh, at home. At home. Yeah, receivers. Yeah. Like they had a little, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That must have felt crazy. Like how far can you go from the little <laughs> thing? And then the base had this like button you could push if you if you lost the phone somewhere. You know, like, yeah. you push it and it would go off. You'd how quickly phone. did they adapt to the uh, voicemail while they were making the... Did you have voicemail growing up? I have no idea. I don't remember that. Do you remember your home number? I do, actually, yeah. That's so weird, 3, 8, eh? 385461, yeah. Okay, wait, wait, what is it? 3825461. I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell you that, actually, because I use it for some of my... <laughs> well, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> That's so weird to me, though, that, like, I remember my... Now I feel... I don't feel old, but I remember my You're home number. Telling me I'm old. <laughs> no, it's just if you ask, if you ask a youth today, mm -hmm. what even if you ask Bella or Beth, Elizabeth, hey, what's or your mom's Eliza. number? Uh huh. She would probably not know it no, she off doesn't. by heart. No. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, because we, we just, just push buttons, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you, we we gain things and we lose things. It's always a fascinating thing to look at technology that way mm -hmm. and you were part of probably you know what we consider like ancient technology but there was probably a lot of talk of like is this good mm -hmm. like would it be good to have a vcr in your house i'm sure some christian families wondered oh yeah but you For guys sure. decided yes probably after a lot of debate amongst my yeah. parents yeah R really probably just a conversation do we let this into our home there's already enough. <laughs> this is pre-internet days. And yet, and then I'm assuming then you start buying VHSs versus. I don't recall. You didn't own any? Not even the Scarlet Pimpernickel? No, I didn't own that until. Why own a VHS? Oh, I guess because you rent. It's cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, though, I didn't own the Scarlet Pimpernel until maybe 10 years ago when I had this idea that I could probably get it from Amazon. Like I thought. Oh. Just recently. Yeah. Yeah. And you so got it? I bet you Amazon has it. I, you get anything on Amazon. I was so happy. And you got it. <laughs> I did. Okay. Yeah. Let's along these lines, let's talk about music. Okay. Record player. Oh yeah. And what kind of yeah. music? Oh, I had this, I had a, the Cinderella story, like the Disney Cinderella. Disney. Story on so record. Disney was accepted in your house. Yeah, and so was the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday Did Christians uh, accept Disney quite 
like without a lot of question. I'm just I'm very curious about this for some reason yeah. right now. Anything that had to do with witches, like yes, bed knobs and broomsticks, or um, you know, anything that had to do with Snow White stuff. Not Snow White so much, but other, the other same shows thing. that were okay. Black Cauldron. Yeah, that was not that was an '80s Disney, right? Yeah, we're a little bit like oh, we're you know, we're not gonna watch that. So some Disney was edgy, yes, and other Disney was okay. Yeah. But that's still kind of absurd, is it not? Like, I don't think so. I, I'm just saying, like, it's still, like, Cinderella still has weird stuff. A fairy, a yeah. gu- like, magic. <laughs> it's a means to an end, right? It's a means to tell a story. Was Cinderella that story quite pivotal in your pivotal? Like. <laughs> I just remember having you asked about record players, and so that's what yeah. I thought of. And I had but now I'm this going off this because to follow along with people often have said there are certain Disney narratives that shaped generations that probably shouldn't have the way, like at least to the extent that they did, um, like Prince, Char- the whole Prince Charming yeah. idea, the helpless, yeah, that yeah, the someone girl. who, yeah, there's so many weird components behind that story mm-hmm. um there's so many good components behind it too i just well i used to think i used to believe that you know we would live happily ever after right like i'd find right. prince charming and we'd live happily ever after and where did i get that notion from so, disney there you go so but but, but again stories here's the interesting thing where perhaps have been around a lot longer than disney. yeah the archetypes are the the deeper stories yeah. you're right but I guess my point on that is um, perhaps on a story like Snow White, you might have got even a, a potentially a, a healthier message um, versus a story from Cinderella, even though one seemingly seems way more innocent. Um, mm-hmm. Even, you know, one has witches or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm not saying that's the case. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying potentially we often look at things on surface levels and not recognize, like, yeah. And I think that's true for, like, Harry Potter, for example. Right. A lot of Christians are like, you know. Yeah. But no, most be no. Christians <laughs> have have sort of slowly shifted around to it now, yeah. um, which is always curious. Is that a, like, compromising mm-hmm. or is that just understanding a bit of both. It'd be an interesting discussion to have sometime. We're having it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to music though, quickly, because I know music was such an important part, and is an important part of your life. So it's just, yeah, what what filled the home of of Debbie? Um, a lot of Amy Grant. Amy Grant. Mm-hmm. A lot of. Let me think for a second. Keith Green. Not. No, not so much. He was kind of generation before me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he passed away, I think it was in 82. Okay. Something like that. So. Okay, what about like the Beatles? No. Because that was, because no. they said they were bigger than Jesus. Yeah. So you're. No, I grew up in a very strict okay. home where we could watch you know, like Cinderella, <laughs> but not bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> Right, right, right. And we could listen a to selective Amy Grant, strict but we couldn't home. listen to like any Alice secular and music was or like off the table, not allowed. Madonna. Oh yeah, no. 
<laughs> I mean, I found a way because, you know, I was kind of a rebellious kid, but. How, what was the, I'm always just, it's always fascinating What's to me. What was the thing I ever did? No. <laughs> no, what was the way, how do you, it's so easy to sneak um, listening to something today because you would yeah. just Google it. It means that's not even a really even a, a thing anymore. Sneak listening to something. But back then you would need to get the CD somehow. Or the, or the, or the, or the tape. Or the tape. Yeah. Or the record, yeah. Yeah. and then you need this the machine mm-hmm. to do that. So I had like a ghetto blaster, and <laughs> I could I could record from the radio. Oh no way! A cassette tape, and you did that. Yeah, I did. And that. then you hid the tapes, and then listened to them like in secret. Yeah, yeah. Or you just like that. if you had an opportunity, like if the mom and the dad weren't at home, you know, you'd turn the radio. You're telling on me or, you grew up in Footloose. Oh my gosh, there's a whole story behind that too. <laughs> Is it? Yes. No dancing. No dancing. And then, but you no, did go dancing no. one time at, at the roller rink? It was kind of dancing at the roller rink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now that you say that, that reminds me, we used to go, we used to go roller skating. Yes, of course. All the time. Yeah. Like couple times a week probably yeah. i guess you didn't <laughs> grow up in the 50s i should no i should <laughs> but as a youth group like a church youth group we would yeah. go roller skating and and the parents weren't really it was, happy it was about a Christi- that but it was a christian music night christian music we had a christian night. music night yeah amy grant yeah yeah um yeah. it's so funny i can't think of others okay let, like, let me like carmen you know i don't know <laughs> i'm trying to think i know amy grant <clears throat> But like well, were the Gettys? Brian Duncan. Were the Gettys? No, they're late. They're much later. Um, Brian Duncan was good. Brian Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you say strict home. So was that like um, di- like disciplined, grounded? Uh, did they did they find the tapes? Were they mad? Like what? What was what was the structure? Um, <laughs> 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 yes, it yeah. was strict in the sense that we weren't allowed to do a lot of things. Right. Um, that we, f- I in particular, mm-hmm. more so than my sister, found a way around those rules. You were rebellious, I was or really were rebellious, you? Yeah. Um, I was rebellious. Really? Oh, yeah. You would say that? Oh, yeah. Even though what you were doing was just like listening to... It was more than that. Okay. I'm giving you every detail. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, would you consider that rebellious, like the music? Well, You were yes, kind of I stealing was. music, actually. I know. Interesting yeah. enough. I would say that was rebellious, yes, because yeah. it was going against what my parents wanted. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, in terms of, like, what my home life was like. Um, my parents very much uh, were very clear that they loved us, mm-hmm. you know, that that serving God and yeah, community were super important. And um, there's a big difference difference between like boundaries and oppression. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you had boundaries. Yes. But you didn't feel. Uh, totally oppressed, although your curiosity potentially got the best of you? 
Did you ever retaliate and say, I am oppressed? <laughs> no, I don't this, think that word existed in my vocabulary. Or I am, <laughs> I was that you're too strict. Oh, yes, we had that conversation for sure. My friends get to do, oh, yeah. get to go dancing at the roller rink. And why don't I? You don't dance at the roller oh, rink, just so okay, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I... My friends get to go driving down the street. My friends know. get to go to parties. Yes. My friends get to, you know... Yeah. Go to movies, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. And Saskatchewan has, like many Canadian uh, places, they have a, a demeanor about them that like, ah, oh, there's not much to do. So what you do is you kind of just, you get into trouble. You make your own fun. Yeah. Yeah. So drinking, driving, hanging out, fires. Snowmobiling. Like snowmobiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to do that. Yeah. Were some of your friends involved in that? All my friends. Were All your there. friends. Yeah. Even at the youth group? <laughs> well, I would, I would say that for me for many years, um, I went to church and I went to youth group because my parents wanted me to. Right. Not because I necessarily wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, so that a lot of that was just pretense to make them happy. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Looking back. I had friends from school yeah. that I would say had a, a more profound impact on my life at that time. And it wasn't a good, good yeah. influence. <laughs> Looking back at that scenario, this is like a selfish question as a youth pastor who deals with that not 100% of the time, but quite often parents are saying, you got to go to youth. And, they, and I can tell they don't necessarily, it's not that they don't, like they hate it, but they just don't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question of... You know, youth don't really often know what they want. So, again, it's a boundary question. Are you grateful that your parents, uh, I'm not going to use the word force, but guided you to continue going and holding that as a value? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. Even though it was, you probably at the time felt like. Oppressed. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oppressed. For sure. Yeah. Okay, well, let's fast forward quick to uh, uh, what was the pivotal moment of recognizing your rebellion and sin and and change? Because that had to have come. Did it come at a low? Did it come at a juncture? Did it come at a crisis? It sort crisis? of came in between um, grade 12, graduating from grade 12. Okay. And that fall. So between yeah. like June and September. The summer. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that the, the decisions that I was making, the people I was hanging out with, were not going to lead me anywhere good. Yeah. In any positive places. Was there an attitude of, like, you either stay in Saskatchewan and just live a life, or you get out and do something else? Like, was there that? Because in Chilliwack, for a long time, it was, I got to get out of this town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just curious Mm. in Saskatoon well maybe for some people I mean in my situation it was like the majority of my friends are people that um, are making really bad decisions Mm. so I need to get away from those people right and sometimes the easiest way to do that is just to move 
away. Fair <laughs> enough. Physically to so a you, different city. Yeah. So between high school and September, my parents just kind of had a serious talk with me about, you know, where where is your life heading? Mm-hmm. And they suggested that I go to Bible school. Wow. For a time. And I thought, well, okay. I know there's some truth to what they're saying. I yeah. know that because I knew they had taught me the truth. Right. Of, of the way. Yeah. Um, so I knew deep down in my spirit that the way I was living was not pleasing to God. And it was just bad all around. So I took them up on their offer to go to Bob College. Yeah. So I actually went to um, Briarcrest. No way. For a year. Because that's nearby, right? Moose Jaw? Yeah, it's, it's in Karenport. Karenport, yeah, that's right. It's like, I don't know, two and a half or three hours from Saskatoon. Yeah. And it was there at, at Karenport that I just, um, well, God just got yeah. a hold of me. And I think it was wow. it was getting away from just all the noise and all the negative yeah. influences and just having that time just to sit and be with the Lord and to focus on him and to get serious about what does the Bible mm-hmm. say about how I should be living my life and yeah. what God wants to do in my life. And Wow. So that was really pivotal that, that time. And actually it was um, my grandma's sister who paid for me to go to that Wow, that year of Bible college, which I didn't even. You just know did. At the time. You were only enrolled for one year. One year. There used yeah. to be one-year programs, or was it just? It just what it is. It you is went for what one it year. Is. Yeah, yeah. Non-accredited, just a, or was it? Um. Well, they. Like Briarcrest is an accredited school yeah, it is, now, yeah. but it's a four-year but undergrad. The, when program. I was there, it was like eighty-nine. Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal was back then. I have hmm. no, I don't remember. Cool, but it sounds like a right. It sounds like it was a wise. Yeah, it was more for, like it wasn't for me so much to be there for academic purposes. Right. right, it was to like right think, pray, have time away from that, and just kind of figure out what direction you want your life to take. Yeah, at this point, yeah. are you an advocate of those um, that year being? Um, like YWAM or a Bible school, like for students even today, like absolutely, that's yep. it's a pretty common thing, um, and it's often ninety percent of the time you hear those same stories. They right. got away, they got to really ask, them, like, look at who they are, right? Um, who they really are, not who their parents say they are, not who their friends say they are. Very important. Yep. It gave you direction, yep. purpose. Meaning, you got excited. You came back to Saskatchewan or uh, Saskatoon. So, no. You met someone. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> well, yes, but. <laughs> um, at bridal school. Yes, at bridal school. I did meet someone, but I didn't go anywhere. Nah. Um. So, at the end of that year, it was May or something, mm-hmm. end of April. I didn't want to go back to Saskatoon because it's like. Friends are still there, and I just was yeah. a little worried that that would still be an issue. Were you still in contact with them? Not, not so much. My best friend, uh, or best friends in grade twelve, I basically had said, you know, see, ya. I need to take a break. Yeah, from from you for a while. And, and, and it was you never. You're not really 
um, being explicit, which is which is fine. But he was like drinking and like just the gambit of of behavior, sneaking out at night. Yeah. you know, going to parties. parties. My parents not knowing where I was. Yeah, yeah, just now. You saw the trajectory of that behavior. Are you still in touch with any of these people no, now? Not at all. No. So you have no idea they could. They could have got their life figured out. Are still literally I, being. I hope they have. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah. So anyway, so I didn't go back to Saskatoon, but my mom had um, three sisters who all live together. They've lived together now for for. They're all. They've never married, and so they just yeah live together. Um, and so where did they live? It was suggested to me they live in Surrey. Yeah. That maybe it would be good for me just to move out to BC and live with them for a time. Uh, I was eighteen. Yeah. Um, I thought, okay, why not? Yeah. I'll try something different. Now, were you not nervous after watching Cinderella that you were about to go live with your three <laughs> aunts? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it had been a little while since I listened to Cinderella. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's what I did. And that's when I met Errol. Yeah. Um, How'd you guys meet? At church. Yeah. So he was attending um, the Vancouver Nazarene Church. Okay. Which is where, like, my grandparents on my mom's side had been uh, important an important part of getting that church started. Yeah. In like the early 1950s, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40s, something wow. like that. Anyway, um, so this is a church that like when we come to BC to visit family, like from Saskatchewan in the summer, we would go to this You'd church, to right? Church. So it was very familiar to me. Yeah. Anyway, so Wait, Errol, so did you ever know Errol before? No. Okay. No, I'd never met him before. Yeah. Even though he was potentially there on your visits, did you ever talk about that? Uh, like no. if you had visited, he started coming as a oh, young adult. Got it. Yeah. So I met Earl that spring, um, in May, I guess, and then in like July we started dating, and in September we were engaged. Wow. And the following April we were married. So it was like ten months from meeting him to yeah. getting married. Wow. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that fast. like my aunts who I was living with knew him yeah. before I did. Right. Yeah. And the joke was, you know, I wonder if what's going to happen between these two, because they knew I was coming and they knew Errol was single and they knew I was single and they thought they wondered if there would be some kind of spark between Serious. us. Serious. So there was. So, so you're not so evil step and <laughs> no, not so evil <laughs> set you up oh, they're pretty awesome wow yeah. okay so how so that's how that story started and where does it go yeah where does it go at first so well kind of an interesting thing is that we were married in the same church my parents were married in like the nazarene church my parents no were way as well 69 so that was kind of cool that is very cool and they're, you know, same age difference, seven years apart, and wow. same ages when we got married. Like, I was 19, wow. my mom was 19, or I was 26. Was Errol was like your dad? What do you mean? Is he like your dad? Um, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, in some ways. They're both... I'm not saying that in a weird way. I'm just saying, like, that can be common. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, similar, but but quite different. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, we got, we got married in 91, and um, he was finishing school to become a teacher. At that time, he was a sheet metal, a journeyman sheet metal fabricator. Wow. And had spent, you know, four years getting that. So he was a hard worker. Very hard worker, yes. He's working sheet metal yeah. while going to school to become a teacher. Yeah. Wanting to be what kind of teacher? Shop teacher. Wow. Yeah. So at that time, they were kind of in desperate need of shop teachers. So he yeah. didn't need a bachelor's to start teaching. No so way. So he did a year at BCIT and a year at UBC and started teaching with um, a certificate, a teacher certificate. In Surrey? No, he started in uh, Coquitlam. No way. In yeah. a uh, high school? Um, I don't remember if it was a high school or a middle school. but Cool. Yeah. Yeah, he started subbing. So yeah. after we got married, he actually did some a few months of right um, summer school. Yep. To complete, because he wanted to get the bachelor's. So he yeah. started that right away. And he worked on that for like five or six summers. And what were you doing? I was working. Doing uh, what? I was actually a receptionist. Okay. Yes. At uh, Yokohama Tire. Yeah. At their head office in Burnaby. No way. Mm-hmm. Is so, that a good tire company? I think so. Shout out. They should sponsor us. Yeah, there you they go. They should sponsor us. <laughs> so, yeah, I worked there for um, three three years? Just under three years. Yep. And then we had our first child. Wow. Yep. So Sarah was Sarah. born when I was 22. 22, 92, 93, Four. 94. Yeah. Sarah mm-hmm. came along. Sarah, Emily. Mm-hmm. You were living in Surrey or Coquitlam? We were living in Coquitlam at the time. Coquitlam. Yeah, we were in a condo and, uh, there. In a condo. Mm-hmm. A two-bedroom. Two-bedroom, two-bathroom condo, which we had bought. Moved, Stressful time. We moved time. in yeah. one, exactly one week before she was born. I was, like, hugely pregnant. <laughs> wow. Stressful times, good times. Good times. Both times. Good times? Oh, yeah. The best times. Awesome times. Cool. Yeah. Like, which times are you referring to precisely? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, just just the memories of it all. The, you know, your first kid. Um, it sounds like Errol had a great job. You got a uh, mat leave, or no? Yeah, yes, I went on mat leave for a year. Oh, cool. Months. Yeah, and then decided to not go back to work. Yeah, and, and that was doable with Sarah. the income. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Yep, it was awesome. Because, I, I mean, going back to the, the Cinderella thing. Yeah. Your Prince Charming. You know, like it I was just, looking good at the time? I wanted to be a wife and a mom yeah. and a homemaker. And um, that was really all I ever yeah. aspired to, to want to do. Hey. And I was very happy doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, Errol was the, was the breadwinner and the provider for our family for yeah. our, my entire adult life um even wow. after he passed away he was yeah. still providing for our family um and uh up until yeah i got the job here really yeah yes i hadn't worked a job since yeah. 1994 <laughs> since yokohoma yokohoma tires. tires yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so in 97 is that right 
97, a friend of his, Steve Anderson, which a lot of people in town know. Yeah, of course. Was at our wedding. <laughs> That's a friend of yours? Yeah, they were went to school together. They were at BCIT no and way. UBC together, and he and Kath came to our wedding. Crazy. Yeah, isn't it nuts? You know. That is nuts. Um, He's kind of Chilliwack famous. I know. I knew it first. <laughs> so in 97, he called Earl up, and he was like, there's a shop teacher retiring from Chilliwack Senior and yes. you really should apply for the job. Because yes. he was working in Coquitlam yeah, at the yeah, time yeah. and had a good contract and everything. Yeah. But we were like in a condo in Coquitlam. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe we should move out to Chilliwack and get a house. Get a house. Can I ask <laughs> how much a house things. was? Oh, like 200000 Oh, so quite a bit. Like not a, a lot. Not a brand <laughs> new house. Yeah, okay, like, so not a lot. Like I just I thought it was going to be one of the stories of like, I guess we're talking post 80s inflation mm-hmm. so pre-80s inflation stories are hilarious uh-huh. the earl davies says it was twenty thousand dollars and we thought we'd be in <laughs> debt our whole life <laughs> he's still in that house I, yes. to this day yes. which he knew your husband too right because they yes. were both at css yes because he yes. got that job well and their names are so similar that they would get mi- the n- mixed up with each other <laughs> right? earl davies and errol davies yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Errol actually commuted for a little while yeah. to work out here for a year or so. And then we ended up um, putting our place up for rent. Yeah. We rented our condo out in Coquitlam and rented out here okay. for a while. So Double rent. Your rent paid for your rent. Yeah. <clears throat> so we did that, and he was he was beyond thrilled to, have, to get the job out here. He loved it. Cool. And he was doing, like, grade 10s, 11s, and 12s, so... Older kids, so yeah. like they were making go karts and oh. and like all kinds of really cool things that the kids just loved. How long did he do that for? Well, he came out here in '97. Mm-hmm. I stopped teaching in 2003. Okay, because he got sick. Yeah. And so what were the years. what were some of the first signs of him getting sick? Like how did you? Um. How old was he? He was 30s. Seven, okay. 38. I was 31. So, so young. He was 38. Yeah. And everyone, were you, oh, were you going to Chilliwack Alliance? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So we came out here when my best friend who lives in Surrey, mm-hmm. who goes to the Alliance Church in White Rock, Priest Portal, had gone to CBC. Yeah. And had had Ken Shun. Canadian Bible School or yes, Canadian Bible Columbia. College. Columbia, okay. Canadian Bible College in yeah. Regina. It's good, too, because they're both CBC. You're right, and, yeah. yeah. And anyway, she had had Ken Shamoon as a prof. Nice. So when we came out here, she was like, yeah. you have to go to Chilliwack Alliance and listen to Ken Shamoon because he's just amazing. <laughs> Celebrity preachers. Yeah. So she and he are the two reasons that we came here. <laughs> wow. Because we had come from a really small church. Yeah. Like the Nazarene Church Nazarene. in Vancouver yeah. is like 100 people. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so but you loved we, it. That's how we got here. Yeah, we loved it. And you got we it. Loved it. Plugged in. People loved on you. Yep. Good community. Yep. But then Errol got sick, and yep. what? What? Can I ask he how? How did the church and community respond? Well, you know, our small group. Yeah. Was just amazing, and they uh, just surrounded us with support, and like came all the way into Royal Columbian to see yeah. him and 
you know, to offer to offer support for childcare and stuff. Right. Like Sarah was nine at the time. For context here, we mm-hmm. should just maybe tell listeners what's happening. So Errol's getting very sick, not just like yeah. it's T- cancer, right? Terrible. Well, not at first. Okay. At first, it was just a brain tumor. Right. Yeah, but he right. had like terrible headaches and terrible nausea for six months. Wow. And our and family gets... doctor kept saying, it's just the flu. Like, no way. Go. And then one morning he just... Collapsed. He couldn't put two words oh. together. Like, oh, no. And I said to myself, this is not just the flu. Like, yeah. this is something much more serious that's going on. So I called an ambulance. Yeah. And took him to emergency and they did a, a CT scan. And yeah. the doctor I will never forget. And it was actually, it was the Easter long weekend. No way. April 19th that we discovered this. So we're this. coming up on... Yeah. Yeah. That was the Saturday of the weekend. And Elizabeth was born by this time. No. 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 So the, the infertility. Right, right, piece right, right. Happened right. In, in my like 20s. Right. Because we had Sarah and then we couldn't have any another one. And Yeah. And then we just said, Lord, this, you know, it's in your hands. Right. And we're okay with the family that you've given us. Yes, yes, yes. And then Errol got sick. Yeah. And anyway, make a long story short. Yeah. So. Brain tumor, surgery right away, um, and then it wasn't until uh, four or five months later that they recommended chemotherapy and radiation. Wow. Yeah. And how old was Sarah at the time? She was nine. She was nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so scary. Yep. Yeah, but our friend, like our friends from our small group and stuff, they just rallied. They also had kids? Around us, yep. Yeah, all Sarah around the same some, age. Sarah had some... Somewhat community yes. friends. Yes. Yeah. Actually, a few, a number of them don't come to our church anymore, which is kind of sad. Okay. But, yeah. 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 We were great. So, so he, what he, happens next? Yeah. Yeah. So we got sick and found that he, because of the neurological um, damage that had been done to his, yeah. his brain during, you know, brain surgery. Yeah. He found that he couldn't return to teaching. Right. And that was really, really hard mm-hmm. for him. Because he really wanted to. He loved it. Yeah. It was like God made him to be a yeah. teacher. Wow. And the, and the kids just adored him. Yeah. And the students just thought he was the best. Yeah. And he was a real advocate for, um, like, the kids that aren't so strong academically. Yeah. But more kinetic learners and kids who yeah. could weld like you wouldn't believe and yeah. you know wow. put stuff together and yeah. build things yeah yeah anyway <clears throat> so what happened next boy uh like i said radiation and chemotherapy which was awful yeah so these are no longer these are dark times in a way like there's light in it but there's a heaviness about... Well, uncertainty, right? Yeah. Like, who knows? The, the doctors gave him two to three years to live. Okay. And that was in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there are so many scriptures that I could share, but one that became really important to us is found in First Corinthians, and it talks about how don't trust in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm. And... When the doctors are telling you all these terrible things, and mm-hmm. giving you like this short window of time, right? It's really hard 
not to get discouraged mm-hmm. because you know they're the they're the pros, right? Yeah. Um, but if you're fortunate enough to know the Lord and to know that He has a plan for your life, and He's in, He's the one that's in charge. Yeah. Right. The doctor's timeline is not what's in charge. Yeah, they're just people too. Right. Like the totally. system isn't perfect, and. Don't trust yeah. in the wisdom of men or doctors, yeah. but trust in the power of God. Yeah. So we we did that, and we, to the best of our ability, clung to that verse, and Errol lived 10 years. Wow. So. To 47. Yes. He passed away just three days shy of his 48th birthday. And in, in that time, there was some, like, moments of, Probably the like once chemo was done, there were some moments of reprieve, but never yes. went back to work. Never went back to work. No. So he ended up being a long-term disability. But you didn't work either. No. So disability paid. Yep. And it's that very, was okay. It's very generous. Yeah. Yes. And, and you we had a house to, here in Chilliwack. Yeah, we lived up on Chilliwack Mountain. There, we had a house and had wow. a suite for my parents. Yeah. And that was really very nice. Um, and then we went to Europe for a month and cool. went to Hawaii a couple times and just lived. Yeah. You lived. We lived. You wanted to. That's exactly right. Yeah. We made plans and even the fall. Um, so he passed away in January of 2013. And even in September of 2012, yeah. he was starting to kind of decline a little bit. Yeah. Um, we were thinking about maybe selling the house and moving, you know, maybe to Sardis or something like that. And yeah. Um, so yeah, you just, you keep, you live. Life doesn't come to a screeching halt, right? Yeah. Well, for some, it does. Yeah. So you took the root of resilience, Mm -hmm. which is not an easy route. Yeah. Uh, Most people, not most people, but there is, I guess you never know until you're in it, but there's a sense in which some may collapse under that type Mm of um, external pressure Um, but again you knew Jesus it's 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 perplexing to me what people do without right totally Jesus because it it's it's like you just go from one hope to another essentially Um, one dream one ambit one trust one whim of sense of which we do that anyways, even though we do know Jesus. So it's like, how much even more so mm-hmm. if you didn't know, mm-hmm. if you didn't have this constant reminder of like. <laughs> well, and the Lord yeah. gave us a really special gift. Yeah. In the, in the midst of all of that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I mean, to 12 years of. Yeah. No, no second baby. Yeah. And then Elizabeth. And <laughs> We're not looking for it. Yeah. We're not expecting it. Yeah. We're not even thinking about it. Errol has just gone through yeah. brain surgery and chemotherapy and radiation. And wow. boom. Yeah. Oh, we're having a baby. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Um, and so what a gift that was to us. Yeah. Like it was just incredible. A gift of life amid- amidst you know, we didn't know how, yeah. how much longer I was going to have, right? Anyway, yeah, so... What a profound way to look at a situation like that because you could look at it, and I'm sure you had the temptation to look at it from a place of, um, this is bad timing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and yet you chose to say the time, like not in my hands. Yeah. Well, and that had been our attitude for so long, right? Yeah. Like, this is out of our hands. That's powerful. Whatever the Lord, you know, yeah. is going to do, he's going to do. And we're, we'll, we'll accept that. But Errol, so it had been about, I guess, four years, four or five years since the original diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, was fairly stable. Um, so we were kind of in a, like a routine of him not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he actually was, we were homeschooling Sarah at the time, mm-hmm. right? So he would do the math with her as best he could and the other subjects that I'm yeah. not so strong in. <laughs> um, and he also did, he really got involved in uh, woodworking and stuff. He really took that on as a yeah. kind of a, oh, cool. a new hobby. Yeah. But he also was able to offer like some shop type classes to the homeschooling community. Yeah. And he had like small classes of like three or four kids. Yeah. And that was really special for him to be able to do that. That is very cool. So that was kind of our routine. Yeah. And and then boom, all of a sudden, oh, we're having a baby. And then Elizabeth came into the world. Yep. In 2007. So Sarah was 13. Yeah. When she was born, she just turned 13, like 12, 14 days before. Wow. Both April babies. Wow. Which is funny. Um, so is, is her Elizabeth's birthday is coming up? Yep. Yeah. What day? 19th. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. April 19th. And Good you know point. what else is significant about that date? That's the, the, what was it again? The marriage? No, the um, diagnosis. Yes. Yeah. The day we found out Easter. about Earl's brain tumor was April 19th. Yeah. And so every April 19th from yeah. that point onward had been like, oh, this is the anniversary of that. Yeah. Right. But the Lord just took that day and totally redeemed it by giving it yeah. to Elizabeth. Right now it's Elizabeth's birthday. And it's kind of cool. I mean, you could have chosen any, yeah. any day. Life is, if anything but poetic. Yes. Layered in complexities of both negative and positive events. It's yes. not worth saying. The, the day is totally redeemed, but mm-hmm. it in some ways it is, and in some ways it isn't, and it's that's also okay. My mom and dad's wedding anniversary. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's. I know. Again, it's it, it's okay for two things to be true at the same for time. For sure, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but now it's not the first thing I think of when I think of that day. Cool. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. 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 Okay, so she's into the world, and. So she, Errol dies 2013. Yes. So she was only Beth is five. Five. Yeah. And then, you guys are left at the house, mm-hmm. and you're saying, "Wow, what's next?" Mm-hmm. And Sarah's mm-hmm. saying, "You gotta finish school." Yeah. So Sarah finished grade twelve. Um, she graduated from grade twelve in 2012. Okay. So she was, she was done, done high school. Okay. And Elizabeth was just starting kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and they never but. got close i guess oh they're close they are right? oh yeah cool yeah sarah was not that's pretty rare she was um quite unsure how she would feel towards elizabeth yeah like at, at the start yeah but after she was born and they got Just to know smitten. each other oh, yeah. yeah totally cool they're quite close which i'm grateful for yeah yeah so Errol, yeah, so we had a, Errol passed away at home. Yeah. So we had, you know, 
that had its own challenges mm-hmm. for sure. And um, prior to his passing, like, you know, it was two or three months of just steady decline. Right. And it's kind of interesting because we bought that house because it was a rancher. Yeah. You know, in 2003, because we just didn't know. Like, we bought it right. after he was diagnosed right. with the tumor, and we didn't know when he'd need a wheelchair, if he would mm-hmm. need a wheelchair. So 10 years later, he ends up needing a wheelchair. <laughs> so again, friends of ours from, like, our care group, yeah. you know, they came and they built a ramp so he could get down the stairs. Like, there's only, like, three or four stairs. It wasn't a huge deal, but... yeah. Anyway, so he ended up being in a wheelchair quite a bit in the last couple of months. And his mom and his sister spent a lot of time with us, which was really sweet and special. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, he passed away January 2013, exactly one week after my 40th birthday. You really really like to connect dates. I do, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That is awfully close. Um, In three days... Before his... Birth. 48th, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then life goes many positive and negative, different directions from there, which I wish we had time to yeah. get into. No, you're right. But really, like, I think it's an appropriate place to even just say, Debbie, it's awesome having you here. Like, yeah. it's crazy to hear the ebbs and flows of your life. Um, the lessons learned, the anchors that held you through, mm-hmm. and yeah, just the Lord's hand clearly yeah. uh, on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. That was Debbie. Come say hi, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, come I say will, <laughs> I will smile and say hello if you come into the office. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> give you a candy. Oh, nice. Okay, thank you, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. See ya.